My Seven Chakras, episode 145. Don't keep searching for the truth. Just let go of your opinions. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Takers? AJ here, and you are back once again to your foundation for inspiration, your hub for action, and your on-demand radio station for a transformation. This is a show where we firmly believe that the mind and body are deeply interconnected. So if you want to affect your mind, work on your body. And if you want to affect your body, work on your mind. Action Tribe, we have a powerful episode in store for you today. But before that, let me ask you this. As on today, we've completed 144 episodes, which means 144 featured guests, 144 amazing topics, and loads of of stories and insights shared but as we always share as we always say on the show wisdom is only effective if acted upon so my question to you is what is that one action that you've taken based on the episodes that you've listened to so far have you started a meditation practice have you taken a certification have you taken a certification course in reiki or have you learned to love yourself a bit more whatever that one action is send a short email to aj at my seven chakras.com that's aj at my seven chakras.com and let me hold you account to taking massive action. And with that, it's now time to introduce our featured guest for today, Indigo Ocean Dutton. So Indigo, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. That's awesome. So Indigo Ocean Dutton is a community leader at Conscious Professionals, host of Conscious Business Leaders TV, business consultant at Awaken Business Consulting, founder of the Phone Buddies online peer counseling community and the author of Being Bliss. Most recently, she taught meditation to incarcerated teenagers as an instructor at Mind Body Awareness Institute, developed and taught a teen entrepreneur development workshop at Berkeley Youth Alternatives and served as the board of directors of Future Leaders Institute. Indigo, welcome to our show. Before we move on, take a few seconds to tell us a bit more about yourself. Okay. Well, as you can tell, I have a real commitment to trying to uplift others. I especially love working with young people and particularly young people that, you know, others have somewhat given up on. And, you know, I believe in the possibility that if everyone learns to master their inner game, they can learn to master their outer game. And I I just love contributing to that in the world. That's beautiful. So let's start. Help us understand first what is your favorite inspirational quote and what is the significance of that quote in your life? Okay, so my favorite one is a little counterintuitive um, and it actually comes, I think, from like the ninth century. But this, uh, you know, spiritual teacher back in the ninth century, he said, don't keep searching for the truth. Just let go of your opinions. And that has stayed with me (laughs) ever since I first heard it about 10 years ago. Uh, You know, what it means to me is that Life is constantly trying to bless us, and so Mm -hmm. much of it is learning how to open to the miraculous, and our our strategizing mind can get in the way so much, and it really kind of pushes things away. But if we want to have kind of the fruit of knowledge, like the point of knowledge, the experience, the point of knowledge, then so much of that is about just opening to the unknown, 
you know, watching mm-hmm. the wind blow through the trees, feeling the sun on your skin and just letting knowing come to you rather than you're, you're constantly trying to, you know, analyze it. I think this is an amazing quote. I haven't heard this before, but it's really profound. You said, don't keep searching for the truth. Let go of your opinions. Yeah. Open up to new ideas, new possibilities. Embrace the unknown. Because it reminds me of another quote which states, while we are busy planning for life, life happens. Yes. Something along the lines of yes. that, right? So you're going in one track, but if you don't pay attention to the nudges and signs that the universe is sending you, you might miss that wonderful plan altogether. And with that, let's dive in. Let's start with the basics. What is your definition of meditation? To me, there are two different types of meditation. Okay. And one is about more disciplining the mind to quiet the mind. So it's about withdrawing yourself from the mental chaos that would normally be there. That's just kind of just, you know, the way our lives are conditioned to be, right? The other kind of meditation is more an awareness meditation where you learn to create some distance between your perspective and your experience so that you're not being controlled just like, you know, Pavlov's dog (laughs) and there's Mm -hmm. stimulus response, stimulus response, and there's never any space in there for you to decide, well, is this really how I want to respond, right? So the second kind of meditation is the awareness meditation. I think both kinds are very important. Mm -hmm. And based on your experience, are they two different routes or can one person practice the disciplining the mind as well as awareness meditation at different parts of the week or something like that? Yeah, I would say different parts of the same session. When I meditate, I start with a concentration meditation because if I don't, I basically am just daydreaming, right? My mind is just wandering and I'm still thinking about stuff. So I first have to just calm my mind. But then once I achieve the focus, it's like, I want to really develop self-awareness. And and so that's when I move into the next part. And I I actually tend to move into a third part, which is then once I get to that place where I have the perspective, I can get insight from, you know, what I call my higher self. Other people will say soul or spirit. There are different names for it. But, you know, the greater, wiser part of who we are, however we call that, I can get inspiration and insights from that part of myself once I get into a place of focused self-awareness. And so that's actually the third step that I always like to go to. Wonderful. So you spoke about three steps. First of all, when you're sitting to meditate, it's disciplining the mind and withdrawing from the chaos that might surround us or maybe the chaos that is within us. The second is awareness meditation. And then once you build that awareness, you are comfortable with the silence. You develop that perspective and then move on to gaining some newfound insights, which you might not have known about yourself and about the world around yeah. So based on your experience, what are some of the benefits of uh, meditation? Oh my goodness, so many benefits. Like I can <laughs> literally say it saved my life. You know, I, mm. I had a very difficult childhood and you know, I had a family that really encouraged education and believed in my possibility. But I had, you know, we were very poor and we really lived more on hope than on happiness. And when you're always in kind of that future orientation, there's a way that you're always a little bit off balance. There's an anxiety that's always there. There's a sense of danger and that things are on the verge of falling apart and you need to dance as fast as you can Mm -hmm. to to keep it together. And you need to keep checking the walls and the doors to make sure that they're still there and that you're still safe. And when you get into that kind of hyper, hyper vigilant state, 
it can be hard to ever get out of it. It can be hard to ever experience just genuinely feeling good in life. And so that's where I was at. And I was chronically there and I, I accomplished a lot. But it wasn't until I learned to meditate that I started even remotely feeling that I was living a life, not just mm -hmm. like a robot, just accomplishing, 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 but never feeling anything. So at the very least, it does that. And then additionally, as you get better with it, it starts just giving you more choices, choices about how you respond and how you create your life. Mm -hmm. So what I found really interesting was that uh, obviously you mentioned that as a kid, you grew up in uh, certain levels of financial limitation. You lived on a hope rather than happiness, a hope for a better future, which I, I think caused a level of angst, a level of anticipation. So in response to that, you did accomplish a lot of things. But at a certain point, meditation gave you a different experience altogether, not of accomplishment or of achievement, but a different level of peace, would you say? Yes. And the achievement that came after that, the higher level of achievement that came after that was only possible because of that. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So you spoke about the really amazing benefits of meditation. And I'm sure that many of our listeners want to experience that same level of satisfaction and a differently put accomplishment as well. But a lot of people find it challenging to make that transition from a life without any meditation to starting to meditate. So mm. what is that one challenge that most beginners face when trying to meditate? And what solution do you have for that? I think that the biggest challenge is that people have a wrong idea about what it means to do meditation and what's required to, you know, quote unquote, really be doing it. Mm -hmm. And like for me, for example, when I when I first had started, I thought, oh, you know, I have to be able to sit for like half an hour or I think like the first thing I read was more like 40 minutes. I couldn't sit still to do anything <laughs> for that long, yeah. you know. Um, and so I would just like keep giving up because I couldn't do it, you know, right. And now, you know, even though I can, you know, I, I do have a slightly longer session each day. But also I meditate very often for just a few breaths, just and here's a key point. The meditation practice happens at the point where your mind starts wandering off and you pull it back. That moment where you decide this is, I'm not going to let my mind do that. I'm going to discipline my mind. That's the meditation practice. So whether you sit there for 20 minutes with your mind wandering and a couple times within it, you notice your mind's wandering and you pull it back, or you sit there for three breaths and you're constantly pulling it back for those three breaths, you still are getting a great benefit of the meditation, which is that moment at which you take mastery of your mind. Wonderful. So I love that explanation that you just shared. Meditation actually starts when your mind starts wandering and you notice that and you pull it back. So Action Tribe, meditation doesn't mean the absence of chatter or the absence of thoughts or the absence of those wandering ideas or that soundtrack that might be playing in your mind. But it is just being with yourself in solace and then just noticing when your mind is wandering and taking notice and pulling it back, right? Yeah. So it's this cyclical, so to speak. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, I'm sure that many of our listeners have tried meditation in the past. Maybe if they've gone to a meditation class or they've meditated with a friend and they've really enjoyed the experience. But meditating once is very different from a routine practice of meditation. And many of our listeners find a challenge when trying to establish a meditation practice daily or even every other day. So what advice do you have for such a listener? I would say start 
by doing little micro meditations. So I think it's easiest to peg it to meals because most people will have three meals each day. And even when you're at work, it's accepted that you're going to be taking a little bit of time for yourself for sure. your meal break. So you don't have to worry about a boss walking by and being like, why, why are you just sitting there? <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so if you peg it to the meals and do, you know, if you do even just three breaths, it will get you started and you'll immediately notice the how much better you feel afterwards. Like even after just three breaths, when you go back to whatever you're doing next, you'll be more aware, you'll be more peaceful, you'll have more creative ideas. So get the proof, get the get the results in little bites. Mm-hmm. And that will encourage you to say, maybe I am going to get up, you know, just 10 minutes earlier, so that I'll have an extra 10 minutes in the morning that I can carve out for starting my day in the right frame of mind. Or maybe it's when I get home, I train my family that for the first 10 minutes, they don't bother me because when I first come through the door, I carve out this 10 minutes for myself. Once you can see the proof in the results from the micro meditation, it's easier to discipline yourself to protect that time. Mm -hmm. So I I love this particular recommendation that you had of micro meditation sessions, because I think when people uh, are starting off, one of the questions they have in mind, as you mentioned earlier, was should I meditate for 40 to 45 minutes? One is the time. And second is the ability to actually sit down and meditate for 45 minutes. And as you rightly pointed out, we need to think big, but start small Mm. and start micro. The idea is to start to take action, even if it's just for three breaths. And also I see a, a level of planning that's also involved. Plan your week understand what are those micro moments where you have those five minutes of time. Maybe it's getting up a bit early in the morning, in the evening, or maybe before sleeping. Because if you plan it, if you monitor how you're feeling, maybe take out a journal and write it down as well. You will make those bits and bits of progress. And over a period of months, you'll be surprised about where you've reached. So thanks a lot for this amazing insight. Now, let's take a few steps back. How did you first stumble into the field of meditation? So so it's kind of funny. Um, I had gotten into this gifted and talented high school. And before that, I always, you know, I worked hard, but it was easy to do extremely well. Like I worked hard because I always wanted a 100. I always wanted a perfect score, <laughs> like a 95 was unacceptable. And so the difference between a 95 and a 100 is that, you know, you could work nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. So there was that. But once I got into the gifted and talented high school, which was a boarding school at that, so I was no longer living with my family, um, it was just so much harder. I mean, it was just kicking my butt. <laughs> and I found myself having to get up at 5.30 in the morning to start studying. And I'd still be working until 11 o'clock at night. The only day of the week I didn't study was Saturday. And it's just just because my brain rebelled and simply refused to function because I was so exhausted. Sure. Um, and so I found a book on meditation. <laughs> and the book promised that it would make you smarter. Sure. That, that if you learned to meditate, and I was like, well, this is what I need because I, you know, I, I need to be smarter to be great at this school. So that's how I started. I was very regular then for the rest of high school. And then I did fall off in college and, and had to kind of come back to it as my life started falling apart. <laughs> And it became, you know, something to just like kind of save me that I remembered had saved me in high school. Um, But that was the first time. It's just from a book. What is the name of that book? Do you recall? Gosh, I don't remember anymore. Okay. That's interesting. So firstly, you mentioned that you were really a hard worker, right? You weren't satisfied, but just good enough. And that was when you weren't in boarding school. But when you made that transition into boarding school, because of, I guess, a change of an environment, change in lifestyle, things got hard. Smarter students. (laughs) 
Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. This is an amazing quote by Ambrose Redmond. Action Tribe, courage is not something you are born with. It is something that is learned, not in class, but in real life, in the decisions that you make. Fear is always there inside of us, lurking in the darkness, waiting to pounce. But every time you need to take a decision that is way past your comfort zone, remember why you are doing all of this. What is your life's purpose? What does this decision mean to you? At the end of the day, who is going to be impacted by the results of your action? Doing so will help you assemble all your energies and push beyond your fears towards taking massive action. So Indigo, talk to us about a major challenge that you experienced in your life. Firstly, how did you encounter that particular obstacle and then how did you overcome it? You know, for me, it wasn't like a big incident. Like a lot of people, there's a specific trauma and they can trace things back to Mm -hmm. that. And for me, it was more like a a thousand tiny cuts. There was just a, a persistent trauma to my life that, you know, was my childhood and a good part of my early adulthood. And it just wore me down and it took me out of my body. And and I was just kind of walking around as a shell of a person who couldn't feel and didn't know what she wanted and didn't even know what she felt. And um, what really first what got me out of it was realizing that that wasn't good enough. I first had to say, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to have the experience of happiness because this just isn't good enough. And then once I made that decision, I started making radical changes. And, you know, I I went back. First, I went back to school and got my master's. And then even that didn't really quite solve the issue. Then I I sold my belongings and, and moved overseas for a year. And that really helped me come back into my body because I was out in nature. And really all I did for the first four months was that three-step process I was talking about earlier. That is all I did for four months. I even had someone who did the shopping, the cooking, and the cleaning so that I literally (laughs) had nothing that I needed to do except just come back into a present moment awareness and connection with spirit. Wonderful. So looking back now, in just one sentence, out of your entire experience, not just one challenging incident, but out of all the tiny cuts that you speak about, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, gosh, you know, so many things, honestly. (laughs) But if I I had to pick just one, you know, I would say that the place to start is by realizing that who you are is something so much greater than just what your intellect can hammer out. You know, I, I, you know I'm a super smart person. I, I wound up educated with geniuses and I was trained to be a genius. And yet along that path, I still couldn't make a success of my life. I still couldn't figure out how to create a happy life. And yet there's a part of us that has all this wisdom and all this power to create and we are a part of it, and it loves itself perfect. It is constantly trying to bless itself in every part of itself, including the part of itself that we each are. And so our job, so much of how we best use our intellect is to learn how to get really good at cooperating with the blessings that are trying to come to us. Mm -hmm. Firstly, thanks a lot for sharing your story. Thanks a lot for sharing your insights with us. I'm going to restate the main points from what you just shared. You mentioned that your life wasn't about a major challenge or a major incident. It, It was about your story, the 
tiny cuts rather than one major incident you shared that you were experiencing a persistent trauma that kept you weak at that point you didn't really know what you wanted in life but at certain point you decided that you may not be there right now but you were willing to do whatever it takes to get there you went back to school to get a masters you moved overseas for a year after selling all your belongings which i'm sure was really hard and challenging mentally and physically as well and you focused on building your practice you focused on getting to know yourself better and you really realized as you mentioned a while back that success to you wasn't just being a genius right happiness isn't just about being smart it's something different so just to follow up what is your definition of happiness you know i would say that you wake up glad to greet a new day and excited about everything that's going to happen that day whatever's going to unfold you don't even necessarily know what it all is but you just trust that it's going to be good and then you go to sleep like a kid trying to take a nap in a toy store. You know, you go to sleep, just, you know, you've got to rest, but you can't wait to wake up again in the morning and play again. That's amazing. So it seems in your life, you moved initially from a life of hope to a life of trust. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> That's amazing. Action taker, I know that sometimes in life things can get really hard. I know it's not easy. Life is hard. Following your dreams and your vision is challenging. Changing your circle of friends is uncomfortable. Learning new skills, new ideas, embracing new practices can be overwhelming. And finally, developing a growth mindset can seem really difficult. But at such moments, remember the powerful words of Sigmund Freud who said, "One day in retrospect, the years of struggle today will strike you" as the most beautiful. So Indigo, at this point of time, what is your life's calling? Oh, so I love so many things, all right? I'm prolific. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> creating things. You could probably tell a little bit from my introduction, but I still am constantly creating things, right? Yeah. So right now, my love is helping other people to create. Like, I think that while, you know, what they call right livelihood, which is is work that's really meaningful to you, that can be in any kind of a field. Like it could be as an employee or or it can be as an entrepreneur. But I especially love working with entrepreneurs around what are they bringing forth into this world? Because that ability to shape every moment of the day exactly in accord with your spirit and what your spirit is trying to bring out into this world is it's it's just easier for an entrepreneur because they have just so much control over yeah. what they're doing and so i love working with people in a way that gets past the intellect past the strategizing mind and works with their their spiritual and creative wisdom um through within a field of meditation i i use a lot of meditation in my work and that helps design a business that is really going to fulfill them that is something that spirit is trying to do through them rather than something that they have to you know, hammer out with perseverance and hard work and just like make it work. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite thing. I love everything about it. I love the experience of being in the session because, you know, we go to a place together. It's like my spirit and their spirit starts working together. I love waking up in the middle of the night with an inspiration that came through for them and jotting it down, you know, on the, the pad beside my bed. I love seeing their businesses come to life and, and the miraculous things that happen just that, that keep blowing my mind <laughs> and keep <laughs> confirming for me, wow, this really is a miraculous world. And this really is meant to be fun and even easy. (laughs) 
Wonderful. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, what I've heard is that uh, entrepreneurs are built of a different sort of metal, right? <laughs> you know, you have celebrities or politicians and, and so many different uh, people in life. But the people who are going to change the future are the entrepreneurs, because these are the people who look at a problem in a completely different way, who look at challenges as welcome initiatives, because, uh, you know, challenges, as we discuss always in the show, challenges help us grow. Challenges are feedback. Uh, challenges help us get know ourselves better and the problems that we're trying to solve better as well. Entrepreneurs are going to create more jobs. They're going to create more happiness in a way. They're going to make use of existing resources to create even more. Uh, So I really, really love your mission. If you had to relive the memories of your life, is there a defining moment that really changed things for you? Yes. And at the risk of sounding very woo-woo, I have to tell you, it was when I had sort of a Satori experience. And I wound up having about four um, in my lifetime. But the first one, the real turning point was that first one. And I remember um, I was uh, a senior in high school and I was visiting mm. visiting colleges and I was visiting a friend of mine who was a year ahead of me who was at, you know, at this Ivy League college that I wanted to go to. And so I was visiting him to check out the school. And I remember that the whole experience had me kind of hyper excited. And I didn't realize it because I had no self-awareness, but I was very, very kind of just keyed up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there was this very really starving dog. I remember having this Danish outside the shop with my friend and there was a starving dog and I was trying to feed the dog some of my Danish and the dog would come come closer like he wanted it and then he would back away and I said to my friend, what's wrong with this dog? He's obviously hungry and my friend said, well, look at you. He's afraid of you. You're, you're, you're so like, you know, agitated. Calm down. <laughs> And then in that moment, I was just struck by this profound self-awareness. Because see, before that, I was only doing concentration meditation. I was not doing, I had not even discovered awareness meditation yet. Yeah. So I, it just dropped me into that place. And suddenly the dog came and he ate the food from my hand. And then for the next few days after that, it was like every, everything was like kind of had a glow, not like visually, but just the feeling of a glow to it. Everything was love and sweetness and everyone I met, regardless of how they were being, I felt a connection to them. It it was just this experience of being as my spiritual self, like experiencing the world the way that my spirit probably experiences it. Wow. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, for someone who's new to this space, what is Satori? You know, it's a Japanese meditation term that basically means it's a temporary enlightenment. Mm, okay, got it. So thanks a lot for sharing and that moment. Sometimes when we interact with animals, maybe like dogs and cats, you know, domesticated animals that have been with humans for so many years, I have this moment where I am not able to differentiate between that animal and actually a human spirit. Mm. You know, it seems like a human spirit is trapped inside that animal and that animal is looking straight through you. So I think uh, I, I have those profound moments sometimes and it sort of reminds me that everything is connected mm. around us and uh, each of us has a role that we play in the evolution of humankind as well as Gaia, the universe. So this is uh, an amazing time to live in. And with that, we've arrived at the very last round for today, a rapid fire round called the wisdom round. Are you ready? Yes. Great. (laughs) What is the best advice that someone's ever given you? Enjoy your life. Beautiful. Name a personal habit that keeps you going. I would say just getting into motion, not necessarily knowing how something is going to end before I'm willing to start. So Indigo, do you have a morning routine? I do. So I'm one of those people who says, get up when you wake up. 
if you can. And as an entrepreneur, you, you know, you have more flexibility than if you have to arrive at a job at a certain time. But I like to get up when I wake up. And so there are certain things I want to get done in the morning. Like I want to meditate for yep. 20 minutes. I want to do at least like 10 minutes of yoga. Uh, I want to have a good breakfast. But what order I'll do them in will change. Got it. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. The Holographic Universe. If you're someone who believes in science, it will connect the dot for you on how spiritual laws are able to work with our physical reality. That is amazing. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love this because many of our listeners are transitioning from roles that usually involve the left brain. So for example, scientists and mathematicians and doctors, and now they've come, you know, stumbled across this new way of living and thinking. And sometimes using that language might help them understand better, right? So a similar book that I am currently reading is Healing Hands, which I think is really powerful as well. So the holographic universe, I'll have that up in the show notes. Action Tribe to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 145. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 145. So Indigo, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thanks for sharing those amazing ideas um, and your stories. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are super grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you online. You know, I am I'm really so grateful to just live with the freedom that I have, that I can take the time to appreciate, that I can really take the time to savor and appreciate the the sweetness of life so that I don't miss any more of it. (laughs) And um, yeah, to connect with me, I would say go to my website, awakenbusinessconsulting.com. And if you want to connect with me, you can through there. And I'm also on Twitter at Indigo Ocean. And I, I love hearing from people. So if you enjoyed this interview, you know, let me know. Wonderful. We'll have the links up in the show notes for sure. So thank you so much for joining us on today's show, talking to us about the power of meditation and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, Aditya. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.